have you thought about using if this then that for this? Um, I have tinkled or tinkled. Can you <laughs> edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ministry Bits, the show all about helping ministers of all types use technology more effectively for the kingdom of God. Ministry Bits is proud to be a part of the AIM network of podcasts. You can find free devotionals, class ideas, youth group game ideas, all sorts of different and awesome things at adventuresinministry.com. Show notes for this episode can be found at chadl.co slash mbits slash zero three zero. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. And like our page on Facebook. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. My name is Chad Lemon, and I'm here as your host on the Ministry Bits podcast. And uh, we are joined today by Eric the Gray, or Eric Gray at the, he's in Mobile, he's a youth minister down there, and uh, Eric, how are you doing today? Uh, Chad, I'm doing great, I really appreciate you having me on today, I love the podcast, I try and listen to uh, every episode you put out, and just really enjoy all the insights you give about technology and all the questions you seem to answer for me on pretty much a weekly basis about Photoshop or uh, some kind of new app that's out there. So I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you like to joke that I'm your uh, I'm your Photoshop tech support, and uh, <laughs> and it's really not. I mean, it's just you're learning Photoshop right now, which is a great skill to have. And um, Photoshop may not be the uh, proper choice for graphics for youth ministers because a lot of professional designers would say, "Hey, you should be using Illustrator," but Illustrator is yeah. really hard to figure out. And Photoshop, you can learn, and you can also do photos in it. And if you're just doing web graphics and Instagram graphics and stuff, Photoshop is it. And I actually got Paul uh, Sperlin on Photoshop. And if you didn't know, now you can actually Adobe does this uh, subscription service, and they call it Adobe Creative Cloud. And everybody's moving to these subscription services now. But he was astounded that you could get Photoshop and Lightroom for. Uh, nine ninety nine a month, and um, I've been paying for that for about a year now, and it actually works out to be cheaper in the long run than buying the full version for four or five hundred bucks every year and a half or so. So, yeah. and you really, get the updates, you know, when they put out the updates. Exactly, to it. exactly. It's yeah, a great plan. It's a great plan. So, yeah, I, I, no problem with that. But yeah, you're. Um, I, I do a little more cross promotion for you. Uh, Eric is the host of the, on the name network of the I am a I'm a YM podcast, and uh, it's actually a y'all have a phenomenal show. It's a it's a great show, and they've had a ton of different people on there to talk about uh, youth ministry ideas and issues and different things like that. So, uh, just a little cross promotion there. It's really really great. Both of those podcasts, by the way, can be found on the AIM network AIM um, Adventures in Ministry dot com. So make sure you check that out. But uh, Eric, we're going to talk about technology here today and as it pertains to ministry. And I've got a little uh, curveball of a question to start off with for you before we get into the actual apps and services that you love to use and that you use in your ministry. Um, what do you think, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this at you intentionally, I didn't intentionally tell you this before, but what do you think the current state of technology is in the church as a whole? Ooh, that's a good question. 
I would say very much in the beginning stages. Uh, now, I, you know, I don't have a lot of experience in, you know, churches across the southeast, just in the one that I work and worship with and the ones that I maybe attend for a youth rally or area-wide devotional. But I would say there are a few that are doing a really good job, and there are a lot who are still living in about 2002. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it, you know, just as far as how we utilize the technology, how modern our graphics are looking, you know, graphics are a big deal. If we're going to use them to promote, they need to look good. And they need to kind of keep up with the times. And uh, kind of what I found is that if there's somebody in the church who knows a little bit about computers, they are immediately made the graphics or the technology deacon. And that may not always be the best decision. Uh, But like I said, there's a few who are doing a really good job, really, really utilizing social media, uh, some really good looking graphics, videos and that sort of thing. And then the rest of us are slowly catching up. So so what would be maybe your solution to uh, and and I would this is just off the top of my head. I would say that 80 to 85% of our churches don't do a great job with graphics and web presence, social media presence, all that different type of stuff. What would you say would be uh, maybe a solution for these smaller churches. There's a lot of smaller churches, you know, yeah. sub 100, sub 150 member churches. What would you say to them who can't afford a professional graphic designer or don't have somebody going to their church that is a designer or a computer guy? What would you say maybe it, it would be a solution for them? You know, there, there's a lot of a lot of free services out there um, that you can just learn from. You know, whether you hopefully they've got somebody in the church that has some kind of technology background or at least maybe has a passion in it. You know, maybe they like to keep up with the latest technology, which is kind of where I am. I'm not a tech guru by any means. I just like to keep keep up with all the new toys. Uh And so that kind of keeps me, you know, learning some new stuff. And so I decided uh, about a year ago or so that I wanted to get better you know, with graphics and I felt like my graphics were terrible. I was doing everything in keynote. It was a lot of Google image searches with just putting some text on the top of it. And, you know, you can find some that look pretty good, but by and large, I, I just felt like I was really behind. And so I started reading a lot of blogs, watching some YouTube videos, talking to you a ton, and also uh, um, listening to some different podcasts to try and just learn what's what's current, what's going on. You know, because it used to be heavy stock images with a lot of stuff going on with some text. And that's the way it was probably, what, five or six years ago? Uh And now you're getting into more of the flat design, flat images, simple backgrounds, maybe even solid colors with, you know, very minimal uh, text and colors on top of that. And uh, so I've just totally revamped what I've done and really gone a whole lot simpler and a lot cleaner, which makes it a ton easier on my part. So I would say, you know, utilize those free resources that are out there to learn what's going on, what's the latest, you know. Uh, it, it'll be totally different in three or four or five years, but right now, 
you know, less is more, simpler is better. Exactly. And, and I, so, I was about to say that is, you know, design trends tend to last anywhere from three to five years. And, you know, this may be a, just a design trend, but right now they've kind of gone to a minimalistic, simpler is better, just like you said. And mm-hmm. uh, that's actually, I think that that would actually be very good for churches because um, simple design is simple is is what gets you the if you can get somebody to identify with uh say a logo or um uh, anything like that or something to do with a sermon series or something like that that's just incredibly simple when they see that they know what's happening and yeah. and that's it's simple is completely underrated i just actually had a discussion this morning with a youth minister uh down in your wonderful state of alabama and he had this logo and he wanted to know what i thought about it and and in a few non-certain terms, I told him, you know, hey, simpler is better. I think you're going way too complex with this. You're trying all these different things. Just do something simple. And and it's it's proven to be work for me. And I think uh, the church could catch up relatively easily, in my opinion. And and you mentioned something, you know, the internet is obviously a huge resource and, and you don't need to just take a Google image and, and slap some text on it and say, Oh, this is, this is, this is it. This is great. You need to find someone or something or a way or learn those different things. There's a ton of ways that you can learn through YouTube and Lynda.com and all sorts of different ways that you can learn. And, uh, if you can't, if you don't want to even do that, find someone who does know about this. Um, mm-hmm. find someone who does know, um, and, utilize them. So yeah, great, great points there on technology in the church. Well, let me add one more thing that I've started doing recently that I picked up from a podcast that I've started listening to, and that is to create templates for your graphics. Don't create a different type of graphic for every event or announcement that you have. Exactly. One template for all of, you know, all of your prayer requests. And just change the text on them. I have one template um, for all of your events and just change the text, maybe change the little image, but they all have the same format because that cuts down on your workload. Exactly. And I have a lot of, uh, you can do layers and folders in Photoshop. And, and when, once you get the gist of Photoshop, you may think it's a, it's a program. You can do a b- bazillion things with Photoshop. But the thing is that the fact is if you're only doing graphics and, and maybe even photography editing, you're going to use five percent of the features so what i do is i actually have a template an instagram template which i find that the and i'm sure you know this i find that the the square instagram template works really well across twitter across facebook Mm -hmm. and across instagram as well and i'll just have that template and i'll have folders of my different designs that i have for like the different events that we have and i'll just change out the text sometimes on some of them i'll create a different graphic for others and it just works and it keeps it all in one file. And that, that has a lot of advantages too, because you don't end up clogging up your computer and not being able to find the files when you need them. Mm, it's a really good idea. So, and that's what I do as far as, as far as uh, social media, Instagram and different things like that, because, and, and churches, you know, I think we underestimate the value of using some stuff like Facebook and Instagram, because there's a lot, you know, churches need to embrace Facebook in my opinion, because there's a lot of people older people, I say, on Facebook. And then the young Mm -hmm. people are on Twitter and Instagram and Vine. And so that would be more you and I's wheelhouse. But yeah, so uh, let's kind of get into, you have anything to add on that discussion, by the way? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, So 
you sent me, and I want to. I want to kind of start a new thing with all, all of our guests. I want to ask them what is on your home screen, and whatever that may be, whatever device you carry around with you. Um, I couldn't ask Tim Frizzell this question because he carries around a what he calls a dumb phone, uh, a flip <laughs> phone or whatever. But you know, if you have an iPhone or a, or an Android phone, what's on your home screen and what stuff do you have there on your home screen that you're using all the time? And you sent me a screenshot several days ago when we were talking about the show, and you've got some pretty interesting ones. And the first one I want to ask you about uh, is uh, Todoist. Um, mm. why are you using Todoist as a to-do, uh, like a task manager? All right. I have tried probably every free to-do app that's yep. out there. I kind of have this issue with buying apps. Yep. It's just something <laughs> I, I don't like to I do. I think it's probably a condition, uh, not buying, yeah. uh, not buying apps, you know? Yeah. So I've tried all of the productivity to-do list apps and I found that I function a whole lot better with some type of to-do list and for a while, you know, I used just the regular Reminders app. And then I picked up, um, I, I forget some of the other ones. I had tried Todoist a while back, and then I kind of got bored with it. And so I, I tried another app. And then I went back to Reminders for a little while. And then just in, within the last, I think, two weeks, I went back to it. And one of the reasons why I like it is because it will allow me to put in reoccurring events also, it's got a, a Mac app that functions pretty similar. Um, it'll it'll take, you know, kind of like real input language where you could put in, you know, like I have a newsletter that I do every week. And so I put in, you know, complete newsletter. And then for the date, I put every Friday. And every Friday it pops back up on my to-do list. Um, it gives me a couple of different views. I can create different projects. Uh, I have a project for youth ministry, personal, podcast, AIM, SEC. And so it kind of helps me keep some things separate. Uh, it's got a view for you can see what's coming up on your next seven days. And so I have some personal stuff and some work-related stuff that all fit in there. So I can see what's coming up you know, on my to-do list and not bog that down in my regular calendar. Um, so that that's really why I've gone back to Todoist. You could ask me in a month, and I'll probably be using something different. <laughs> but for right now, uh, that's kind of my app of choice. And I may stick with it a little bit longer after having tried a lot more. Uh, but the fact that it's free <laughs> really catches my attention. And, you know, it does what I need it to do. It helps me keep some things separate and know what's coming up in my week. Uh, to me, to to do list apps and project management apps, and I, I use OmniFocus, and I'll talk about that in a future show very shortly here, probably the one after this one. Um, and it, it just helps you get stuff out of your brain and into uh, something, whether that's ideas or if that's tasks in a project or tasks that you've got to do that day. Um, it just helps it get you get it out of your brain because if you try to keep all that stuff in your head, um, you will not you will you will fail because yes. it will it will you will forget something. And you say, you know, if I would just had something to remind me to do that, it would have been a whole lot easier. So, yeah, definitely. And I, I've used Todoist as well, and I, I highly recommend it. And if you're if you're looking for an entry into uh, getting some task management management done, they do have some free uh, they have they have free stuff on there, but they have some uh, freemium features, I guess, that you can pay for and that you can get. Um, am I correct on that? 
Yes, you can pay to unlock some stuff, but for what I use it for, I have not found a reason to have to pay for anything yet. Okay, okay. Um, so that's Todoist, a to a to do list manager app, and you've got um, you've got Simple Note on here, Simple Note and Evernote right next to one another. What do you use those yeah. for, uh, like individually? And I, I I would assume that they do different things for you. Yes. Now, um, I, I'm not real fond of Apple's of the iOS Notes app. Yeah, me neither. And so I wanted some type of note taking app that would sync up with my MacBook. And so I found Simple Note. I think I was just searching one day. And what I like about Simple Note is it's exactly what the name is, describes it. It is just very simple note taking. It really uh, is. There, that's it. That's it. I mean, it's just like I was I was riding down the road this morning listening to a, a lesson when I was dropping after I dropped my little girl off to school. And they said some things in the lesson that I thought I want to keep that in mind because I may reuse that. And so uh, I just, you know, push my little microphone button and spoke into it and it saves that note for me. It's just a very simple note taking app. And that's all that I use it for. Uh, I even created my notes for this podcast recording with you today on what I would want, you know, what apps I would want to talk about with you. Uh, I created that in it. Uh, I'll keep certain lists in here. Like I have a list of kids signed up for a mission trip this summer that I put in here. Um, anything that I need to remember coming up, if I come up with some type of idea for, like we do a girl's day every year and me and my wife are riding down the road one day talking about it and we came up with a theme. And so I put that in my simple, in simple note, uh, our middle school, uh, excuse me, our camp curriculum for 2015, that's in here. Uh, I, ju I just use it to, it's just a simple note taking app. I don't use Evernote for that. Uh, yeah, what what do you use Evernote for as, as far as, uh, see, what you're describing, you could use for Evernote. You could use all that I stuff could, for Evernote yes. if you wanted to. So evidently you have a different function for Evernote. Yes, the reason why I don't use Evernote for that is because it I put so much other stuff into Evernote that I would lose track of those notes. Exactly. And so I want to keep up with those little lists um, where I can see them quickly. Evernote, I put everything else, literally everything else, into Evernote. And that's kind of what that's kind of what Evernote builds themselves as is yeah. like the everything bucket. Just throw everything in here. So yeah, yeah, I write I write all of my lessons into Evernote so that I have an electronic backup of them. If I'm online and I read an article that I really like, uh, I've kind of got a little system here. If I'm reading it straight from my computer, then I've got the Evernote web browser that I will just save the article straight into Evernote. And I created the, different the notebooks. Yeah. yeah, the web clipper. I have a notebook for just articles and illustrations. I have a notebook for uh, just my lessons and Bible classes. And I have a notebook for all of my other youth ministry related stuff, whether that be keep up with who came to a certain event or I do a weekly newsletter that I print as well as email out. And I will take that I utilize MailChimp for and I take the the email, the WebChimp email, and I'll pull it up on my web, my web browser, and I'll save that into Evernote. So I have a copy of all those articles and everything that I've put in there. Um, I, I put everything else in the Evernote. Now, let me tell you about my little system for saving articles if I find an article on Twitter. Okay. Because Twitter will not automatically dump that article into Evernote. No, they won't. 
And I have found that even though now there's an Evernote uh, web browser for iOS for Safari, I have found that it does not always do the best of saving the whole note, the whole article into Evernote. Sometimes it'll just clip the URL. Well, that doesn't help me any because I don't, I want the whole article in my Evernote because it, everything in there is searchable by words. Right, because you don't want to go have to go anywhere else. And, and plus, yeah. the, just like you said, everything is searchable by words, which is a mm-hmm. killer feature for Evernote for me. If, if you um, – if, if, whatever you put into Evernote, even if it's a PDF or a receipt or uh, a picture, it will find the mm-hmm. text on a picture – and make that searchable. That is like a killer feature of Evernote for me. Oh, it's great. For illustrations, that's one of the biggest reasons why I use it so much is to save illustrations. And, you know, you're going to teach a class on baptism. Well, just search the word baptism. It'll pull up everything, uh-huh. even in multiple notebooks. Um, but what I do, if, if I've come across an article on Twitter, um, somebody writes a blog and links it, I will open it in Twitter. If I like the article, I will then save it to Pocket. Um, okay. And, and Pocket, Pocket is, is a read it later service. Read it later service. Yeah. And I've used, uh, what's the other one? Instapaper. Uh huh. And I, the only reason why I use Pocket is in order to upload an article from Instapaper to Evernote, you have to pay for it. Yes. Well, well I don't want to do that. So I just went back to Pocket um, a couple of months ago after using Instapaper for a while. I like the Instapaper layout better, but I like the features that Pocket gives you. And so. I will save that article to Pocket, even though I've already read it. And then from Pocket, I know this is an added extra step, but from Pocket, all I do is drop all those articles into Evernote. And so it, you know, it's an extra step, but it works for me. It, it allows me to save a lot of good articles that I read from specifically from Twitter. And I can even save an article that I read from my web browser to Pocket. And if I if I read an article, if there's an article linked from Facebook. Facebook won't allow you to save directly to Pocket, so I'll just open it up in Safari, and then I'll drop it into Pocket, and then I'll go from Pocket to Evernote. But I don't necessarily do all that at one time. Yeah, I may sit down once a week and go through Pocket and just throw them all into Evernote. It's not a, I don't sit there and go through three different steps all in that moment. Well, let me it's ask something that I'll do at a later time. Let me ask you this: Have you heard of a service called Ifit? No, I'm it's, assuming that's different than if this then that, right? No, it's actually if, if this then that. Have you did okay. you have you thought about using if this then that for this? Um, I have tinkled or tinkled. Can you <laughs> edit that out? <laughs> All right, I have tinkered with if this then that, but I did not. I didn't. I don't guess I got into it as much as I should have. And I did not feel that it was really being productive for me. What is the feature from if this, then that, that will do that for you? Well, what I have set up is that if I have an article on Twitter that I favorite, if I favorite an article on Twitter, if it goes to work and does a couple of different things for me, it puts the article, because if I'm going to favorite an article in Twitter, granted it will not... It won't pull – see, what you're wanting is pulling the entire article. I don't mind yes. having just the URL to to have it into Instapaper, and then I can transfer it to wherever I want. But okay. what I'll do is I'll if I favorite it, it will automatically send that to Instapaper and Pocket both because I use Instapaper and Pocket both. I use Instapaper for reading because I think it's just better for actually sitting there on an iPad or, or a computer screen and just reading. But mm-hmm. I use Pocket for like a – 
okay, these are articles that you need to look at because they've got really cool stuff in them or they were about some product or service that you need to check out or something like that. It's almost like a internet to-do list for me. So I kind of use it that way, but I use if it too. you could probably find a workaround for if it, um, an app that you need to look at actually is an app. And I know you don't like to pay for stuff, but, um, (laughs) I think it's two 99 or four 99. Um, it's an app called workflow on iOS and it will allow you to pull text from a page, any page that has any text on it. It will pull that text from it, make it rich text and put it. You can literally send it anywhere you want. And Workflow, you may look at it and say it's I think the website is workflow dot is and dot dot is. What am I saying? Dot is. And um, it will actually (laughs) it will actually do a lot of stuff. It will have a workflow for downloading YouTube videos. It will have a workflow for downloading YouTube videos and converting them to MP3, which may or may not be legal. I don't know, but uh, it has like, for instance, I'll, I'll look at mine right now. I've got download images from a page. I've got download text from a page. I've got, um, let's see, make a GIF and send a message, save this to Dropbox, uh, download this file. This one's really cool. And you, you, you got me thinking about it when you hit your little microphone icon to make a note going down the road on Simple Note. was this one is speak text from a page. And mm-hmm. it will literally take the text from your clipboard, from a URL on your clipboard. It will take the text from that page and it will speak it to you. So you can literally read an article going down the road if you really wanted to. Um, That's neat. So Workflow is a really cool app and it kind of maybe would work for you to do that. Um, but then again, if you've got a system and I want to explain this to all of our listeners, including, I guess, you yourself, if you've got a system and it works for you, you you don't don't mess it up because yeah. if it's working for you and you've got it you've got it going on and 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 it's it's functional and it does what you need it to do just keep doing that because you don't want to upset the 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 apple card here so <laughs> that's right but uh yeah that's a really that's really cool though that you have that kind of process set up and and you know I think it's probably good for you because when you're going through pocket um for those articles, there's there's probably some in there that you're like, uh, well, I may have like saved this, but I really didn't want to look at it now, and it really doesn't matter yeah. now. So, and just delete it and everything like that. That allows you to kind of filter through some of that stuff, and it's probably not, you know, but a dozen or so things every week anyway. So, but that's really that's a really cool uh, workflow you got there going on. Let me ask you about. Um, I know I noticed you've got Sheets on here. What do you use Google Sheets for? All right, I use Google Sheets with mainly for ministry-related stuff. We have a Squarespace youth ministry website, uh-huh. and I have moved all of our signups for events and trips to our website. So I will build a page for an event, and I will throw in a, um, what do you call those, the forms, uh-huh. um, a sign-up form onto the webpage, and Squarespace is link will link to your Google Drive account and it will create a spreadsheet from Google Sheets uh, automatically for you. And so whenever a kid signs up for an event, they fill out that little form online, it will send me an email and it will also automatically upload it into a Google Drive file that I have for that event and it creates it automatically. That's the primary use that I have for Google Sheets. The other 
uh, use that I have for it is I keep up with all of my ministry mileage in that. I will go in once a year. I did it just the other day and create a spreadsheet and put in date, beginning mileage, ending mileage, total mileage, and the reason. And then I will put in a formula for all of those lines so that my ending mileage subtracts from my beginning mileage. And then at the end of the year, I can tally up that whole column of total miles that I've driven um, for tax-related purposes. Very cool. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's really cool. And and going back to the Squarespace um, and and the forms there. First of all, Squarespace. I'm sure you know, and I've I've been an evangelist for them for about uh, two years now. Is number one, they have a great platform to build websites off of, and it's mm-hmm. it's super simple, and you can build a website in in literally uh, just a few minutes if you wanted to. But they've got all sorts of integration uh, for exact uh, for forms and stuff. I do the exact same thing. I can tie my Google a Google Sheets account into or my Google account into it, and it will create a spreadsheet with all all the fields there about, you know, t-shirt size and address and phone number and email and all these other different information things that I need for signups. They're all right there. I've tried to push mm-hmm. my parents and, and, uh, kids so much to just, well, don't fill out this piece of paper because I'm going to have to put it in a spreadsheet anyway. So yeah. you're literally helping me by going online and doing it. It's so much easier. Just go on your phone and do it. Um, yeah, and I don't I don't do any more sign up sheets. It's all on the website. I'm and I'm thinking about finally getting rid of sign up sheets uh, for good. Uh, well, because, how many times do you have a kid that puts a question mark by their name for an event, and you're like, "What does this mean?" Yes, it exactly. It normally means a no, but they feel bad because there's a sheet out and they feel like they need to sign up. Well, now you know you can do it. Parents can do the majority of the signing up because you know they can do it from their mobile devices. Uh, and not just kids signing up on a sheet. And you've got a record of it, you know, with all their information. And mine always has the same information. It's got name, grade, gender, shirt size. Um, I ask for an e- a parent email address and emergency contact numbers and any kind of allergies or medications. And all that information is put in there, and they fill it out every time. You know, that way, you know, that way I've always got that information. And it's great because it drops it into an email. So if a kid comes to me and says, hey, did I sign up? I have a separate email account that it drops it into for our youth group. And so all I got to do is search their name on my email account to find out, yes, you signed up. No, you didn't. Plus, I've got a record of all their contact information in a file that I can access from my phone, which I love. Yes, and that's really super cool. Um, Google and Microsoft both have really stepped it up with the Office-esque apps, the Excel mm-hmm. and the and the different things, and even Apple with their numbers and, and Keynote on, on iOS. And uh, the using Google Sheets on an iPad is just really great, and, and it's, they've got dedicated apps for it now. Google for a long time wanted you to go to their website and use it, like sheets.google.com, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, really? And it was just very clunky, but now they've got this all this stuff. They really stepped it up here in the past year to let you – access and edit those things on the go, which is invaluable. So, yes. Okay. Uh, let's see, moving on. I want to talk about some communication, uh, apps here that you've got. Um, you've got, uh, an app called remind. Tell us a little bit about that. Remind is the app that I use to communicate with all of our parents and teenagers. Um, when I upgraded, uh, I guess a year, year and a half ago to iOS 7, none of my mass text messaging apps would work. And so I 
there was a there's a Facebook group out there, youth ministering ministers, and I put a post on there, hey, you know, I can't my app's not working anymore. What apps do you guys use? And Terry Gillum uh, put on there, Remind 101. And I thought, oh, I wonder what that is. So I, I looked it up and read about it. It's an app made for school teachers to communicate with their classes. It's got some, you know, it's not a perfect app because, uh, you know, number one, people have to subscribe to it, which if you have people who are terrible with technology, it can be, for them, pretty confusing because they have to text a certain message to a certain number, and that can kind of be confusing to them. Uh, also, people cannot reply back to the message you send. So if you're asking, hey, if you're coming, let me know. They have to actually text you back, not that me- – they can't reply back to that message. Yeah. Uh, and also, it does not give you – I guess it's a good and a bad thing. It does not give you their number. If they sign up for your to receive your messages, you don't get their number. You just see their name that they signed up. It's designed to protect teachers from communicating with students and just building in an extra layer of accountability, which for youth ministers is probably a good thing, too. Yeah. So the reason why I love it is because it works. <laughs> it really does. I, I, had a and... lot of, I, I had a lot of apps that didn't work. You know, People would say, I didn't get the message. Well, I know with Remind, it gets the message, and it doesn't tie up my text messages. Not that that really matters because I don't. I have unlimited texting, but it doesn't tie up my phone to send the message. Yes. Um, it sends it from their server. Um, you can tweet your message straight from Remind. Uh, at least that used to work. I haven't done that in a while. Um, you can um, you can schedule messages, which to me is huge because I will sit down once or twice a week and will schedule out all the text messages I need to go out for that week. And that keeps me from forgetting and also sending them at bad times um and you know you can create multiple classes is what they call it so you can have different lists now they have people have to sign up for each of those but we just we have a class for our parents and a separate one for our students now i have some who are on both or some parents who signed up on the students it's not that big of a deal yeah i usually generally text both anyways but then we also have a separate one that we just created for our church to receive basically emergency notifications that's through text ex- message. Yeah, that's exactly what we've done. We did it about um, six months ago. We thought it'd be really good in case of inclement weather or snow yeah. because you can get older. What, what really is this? You don't have to have the app to sign up. No. You don't have to have a smartphone to sign up. You just have to subscribe via text message to mm-hmm. this, and it allows you to get a text message. And even the old, quote-unquote, dumb phones that some of the older people have, especially here, they can still get text messages on yeah. those. Even though they don't text, they can just still get the messages. So we mm-hmm. we set up several of our old people to get notifications uh, so they, they would get those notifications in case that there was inclement weather. So, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what we use it for as well. And it, and this was designed for uh, schools and teachers, and I think it's become a all-out platform for everybody that wants to mass communicate with, with groups. And yeah. uh, it's uh, our – I actually got our kids – um, I tried remind, it was remind one Oh one about a year or two ago mm-hmm. and I tried it and none of it, none of them really known. None of the kids really bought into it, but then their school started using it. 
So yes. now that's that's all they want to do. They said, well, why don't you just make us a Remind 101 account? And I, of course, I did that, and, and then we're communicating that way now. So it's actually really good for the parents and everything, and it just shows that I was you know ahead of the power curve. So Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often for me. But yeah, it's, it's a great app. And, and another neat feature that they have in case you have some older people Maybe you've got, you know, you're going to set an account up for your church uh, for emergency notifications about bad weather or maybe urgent prayer request or whatnot. You can, they have a link. Uh, they will give you a link that you can find in the app that people can go to on their computer and put in their name and telephone number to subscribe to the text messages just in case they are terrible or have never sent a text message in their life they're terrible at texting or have never texted before in their life, they can at least go on their computer and sign up for them, which for maybe some of your older members, that might even be better. Or if they, you could even offer it as, hey, if you don't really understand how this works, but you want to receive these notifications, tell us, give us your mobile number. That's what we do. We will we will take care of it for you. That's what we did. We had a sign-up yeah. sheet uh, basically for a lot of the older people, and we just signed them up. Uh, yeah. and that was actually really good for us to do. So remind is a, is a great service. It's a little bit of a tweaking and rethinking on mass messaging. And, uh, it's, I think it's a really great service. Now people might get it confused with Moe's Southwestern grill <laughs> because they recently changed the number from a 10 digit number to a five digit number. And it's one digit off from the Moe's. I have a buddy who, who told me one day, he said, I thought you were sending me uh, a free burrito or something because I thought that was the same number. <laughs> oh, wow. So I did anyways, not know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably shouldn't know this, but Moe's is 81011 and Remind is 81010. So <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. I like the free burritos, you know. <laughs> Well, that's really that's really funny. Uh, the uh, other communication app I want to talk about just briefly is is Voxer. What do you have Voxer on there for? <laughs> well, uh, Voxer for obvious is reasons. On, Voxer is only on my home screen because of communicating with you guys for Adventures in Ministry, which as of late has not been. We have not necessarily been utilizing that app exactly. So that other than that, uh, that's about the my wife. I will occasionally if. Uh, when I had an iPhone 4 and I did not have the speak-to-text abilities, uh, I would utilize that to let her know, hey, I'm on my way home if I was driving or something. It's basically uh, like a walkie-talkie kind of thing, isn't it? Yes, it probably could be removed off of my home screen and because it, I really don't use it a whole lot right now. And and I've found that apps like, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Slack, but a lot of people, a lot of small groups and small businesses uh, I've heard swear by Slack. They love mm -hmm. that app because it's just a, it's your own, basically your own little private messaging room. Uh, and you can send pictures and text messages. I think with even now you can send voice messages and different things like that, but they just, they just love it. It's a little small team collaboration. It's not for somebody like a 30 person group. It's more like sub 10, you know, and it, yeah. I, I think it would be really great for us to try out at aim, but I guess we'll have to convince Paul of that. So, um, <laughs> I'm not, I don't really like boxer cause I don't really like talking into a walkie talkie very much, but, yeah, but it I is, it agree. is pretty fun and, and it is a good communication app though. Uh, two last ones that I want to talk about, actually three last ones. I want to talk about kind of a bonus one you have on your screen there. Um, mm -hmm. Sunrise and Mailbox. Sunrise is a calendar app. Mailbox yes. is a email app. Why do you, uh, why do you use those over all the other calendar and, and email apps? 
All right, I used to use Fantastical, uh, which I really liked because of the real language input feature. You uh-huh. know, you could uh-huh. put into it uh, record, like, for instance, it would say record with Chad Landman on Friday at 10 a.m. And it would fill all that into your calendar. What I did not like and what I like more about Sunrise than over Fantastical is, or not Fantastical, Calendars 5, excuse me. It was Calendars 5 that I was using. Uh-huh. Uh, is that Sunrise has this nice feature of when you're looking at, when you have the app open, you can set it up to where you have this daily view underneath it. And you can scroll, and it'll change the days on your calendar, but you can scroll and almost see all of your calendar, all your events in list form. That's really Which cool. I really like, yeah. because the Calendars 5 app would give you a full month view or a daily view, and I like neither of those. Uh, I don't want to see what I have for the day. I want to see what I have coming up for the next couple of days. Uh, and so it kind of gives you that in list form. Uh, it'll give you the, the time and the date. It'll have all your events listed under the same day, and it'll give you the times and whatever the event is. And you can scroll up and down through that list form, and it'll change the dates on your calendar. So there was a little trade-off in going back to Sunrise. I had used it for probably five or six months. And then on a day when Calendars 5 was free, I downloaded that and started using it. And like the real language input, I just got tired of not being able to see all of my events in list form. Yeah, and and, and so and I've, I find that Sunrise is a little bit prettier than Calendars 5. But yeah. for me personally, and it's all about what, what, you need to, what you need it for, I don't need to see what's on my next few days. If I need to see that, I'll just push a setting in calendars five and go to my calendar, whatever. But mm-hmm. I like uh, calendars five. It's just worked for me. Uh, and uh, it sunrise is prettier. Yes. But uh, calendars five for me is more functional, but apparently for mm-hmm. you uh, sunrise is more functional. So that's really cool. What about, uh, what about mailbox? All right. I use mailbox because, uh, and you actually told me about this app a while back uh, when it was in, I guess, beta form or something like that. And, mm-hmm. Invitation uh, only or something like that. Yeah. Invitation only. And um, what I like about mailbox is the, it's a general email app, except it allows you to remove things from your inbox by swiping them. But also you can, you can archive messages, but you can, you can take them out of your inbox and have them come back at a later date. That way, their big thing is don't let your inbox get cluttered up. And before I started using this app, I think I had a hundred and something emails in my inbox. Mm-hmm. You know, you just they would get lost. I would lose, you know, lose track of things. There would be things I would forget to do because I would just leave it in my inbox, and then it would get pushed down and pushed down. And so, mailbox's big thing is at the end of every day, have zero items in your mailbox. Uh, in your email inbox. And so whether that's you push it to tomorrow, you push it to next week, you push it to next month, or some emails, hey, just randomly throw it back in my inbox at a later date. Exactly. I love that feature because yes. I don't need to deal with this right now, but I want it out of my face. Yeah. It's Friday afternoon at 4.30. I don't have to deal with this until Monday morning at 8 a.m. Throw yeah. it back in there, and it will literally come back in your inbox uh, by then. It's really, it's a really cool uh, feature. And, you know, this, the whole swipe to delete, swipe to archive, swipe to whatever – um, yeah. this app really started it all and mm-hmm. all the other email apps, including Apple's own built in mail app, um, started yeah. doing the swipe to delete and, and things like that. Uh, I use Google inbox. I won't get into that very much, but 
I'll, I, and I could tell you the, the features that I like about inbox. That's why I use it. But one of the things they have is just a swipe to archive and swipe to delete mm-hmm. that everybody's using it now. So, um, it's really, th- this app started it all and it's the original and it's, a, it's really good. It's about a year and a half old or so. And, um, it's made specifically for Gmail, but they uh, actually let you use any kind of email uh, now. It was only started out as Gmail. so. And you can still see the emails in Mailbox that you, are, that you want to come back into your inbox at a later date. There's a, a button you can push or an option you can push the that will show you. or whatever, yeah, you can see yeah, what's in there. Mm-hmm. the little clock. You can see what's going to come up you know, this weekend or next week. Um, you know, and so you don't necessarily lose track of them. It's basically, Uh, I'm sorry. It's basically, I was just going to say they all, they also have the, the Mac app. It's still for whatever reason in beta form. Yeah. Um, It's not been reliable for me and I quit using it. So, uh, but I I only utilize it if I can't access my phone or just am being lazy. Yeah. Uh, normally I just use the regular Gmail website, uh, cause that's where all my contacts are stored. Um, but I'll at least utilize that if I need to archive a message at a later date and I'm on my computer. And, and I was going to say, basically, Mailbox is email triage. I mean, it's where yes. your your email goes to. I mean, you you get it out as quickly as possible to get to inbox zero. Uh, and if you're at the end of the day, if you're inbox zero, you should be good to go. Because, again, it's like getting this stuff out of your brain and 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 or at least out of your face and po- either postponing it or archiving it or something like that. So, yeah, I, I really like that app. Now, we'll say this, uh, you know, because I'll push maybe, you know, several emails off until the next Monday. <laughs> and that Monday morning at 8 o'clock, oh, I yeah. always have them come in at 8 o'clock, it's like five it's emails, like waterfall, you know, five you know? messages in mailbox. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe I shouldn't have pushed all those off. You know, it's yeah. Kind maybe of maybe Tuesday morning. <laughs> That's right. So you may want to stagger them, not put them all, because if you click next week, they're all coming back Monday, and yep. that's one of the one of the the downsides to it. You know, you wish you could say like next Tuesday or something like that, uh, without having to pick date and time. But it, it's a really cool app. I've I've enjoyed it. I tried. Uh, you mentioned Inbox. I tried Google Inbox and. Uh, there were some things about it that I did not like that you liked, and I think that just shows how different people work exactly. uh, in different ways. Uh, I think we had talked about that at some point, but I like to see all of my emails, and then I like to see them gone. <laughs> and like you utilize your inbox for, I've started to utilize it as a to-do list. You know, These are things that I need to get to uh-huh. uh, and address at some point, whether that's today, tomorrow, next week, in a month, or who knows when. Well, we've talked a lot, and as we kind of wrap up the show, I'd like to talk about one more app that you have on your home screen here. It's uh, uh, Downcast. Yes, Downcast is my podcast app, and I have tried every app out there for podcasting that you don't have to pay for again. <laughs> uh, I tried what, – what's the one you use? Do you use Overcast? I use Overcast now, and, and I've absolutely fallen in love with it. And I can tell you about that in a minute, but go ahead. Well, I, I've tried all of them, and I keep coming back to Downcast. I don't really know why, because it's probably it probably doesn't have the most features in it. Uh, but what I like about it is it it will show you all of your podcasts uh, that you listen to in one. You can create playlists. I don't generally don't create playlists. Uh, you just swipe it, and it'll automatically check for new messages for all of your podcasts. 
Uh, it's been reliable for me. I tried Overcast. I don't remember exactly why I didn't like it. I tried Instacast. I really didn't like Instacast at all. If there was a, if I were going to switch, I would probably use Overcast. But for whatever reason, Downcast works for me. It's a great player. Um, you know, it it's got some fast forwarding features. I know Overcast gives you some options of cutting out some of the lag time. Yes, and that is exactly why I've used bit. it because I thought. Before I, I actually listen to a bunch of podcasts whenever I can and whenever I'm not doing something that requires all my concentration, I'm probably listening to a podcast. And mm-hmm. uh, they have got a um, feature on there called – I believe it's called Smart Speed, and it will eliminate and sh- or shorten silences between people's words. And yes. you hardly notice it. In fact, if you were to listen to the same show – with and without that feature, you might not even notice it. But I went to my settings in Overcast yesterday, and it said you have saved something like three and a half hours just wow. just um, eliminating the silences. And I have found mentally that I can listen to more stuff because there's always that stack of of stuff that you can't – oh, well, I really want to listen to that, but I don't have you know 45 minutes to listen to that. Well – that 45 minute podcast might be, you know, 38 minutes with all the, with all the silences taken out or even mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff. It's not good for music podcasts if you listen to that, but for spoken word podcasts, uh, I have found nothing better. I don't, I don't even really particularly care for the design. I actually like downcast and instacasts design better than mm-hmm. I like overcast, but Man, the, that killer feature with the the voice boost and the and the um, the uh, smart speed is just incredible. So, now, are those are those paid features? They the are. Smart boost, they are paid the features. Smart. I think they're very cheap though. They're like one ninety nine. So uh, yeah. you get the app for free, and then if you want to enable that kind of stuff, it lets you uh, do that for like two bucks. Yeah, that that was the reason. Well, I'll tell you why because I was looking at it on my phone because I I was thinking what what was it about the app that I did not like. And I remember now it was well. I didn't want to pay for those features, uh, so that that kind of it didn't really turn me off. It just well, there was no point. Downcast did the same thing, but here's why I did not like it. And you may say, well, that that's a little petty. Well, it probably is. On Downcast, you can set the same settings for every podcast you have. Uh-huh. What mess? What what episodes to keep? Um, when to when to check for new episodes? Uh, and all of that, you can set it. All of them at one time with one click. Overcast, you have to do it by podcast. And I keep the same settings for all of them. I didn't, I hated having to go in and, and change in the individual setting on every podcast. Uh-huh. I know that's petty and you're like, man, that's really lazy. Well, no, it is, no, it's but, not. You know, it's not. If that's a thing <laughs> for you. Some people are probably thinking that, but you know, I was like, downcast works for me. I don't yeah. have to change it, you know, because I would try them out at the same time. Down, download Overcast and try it, and I was just like, you know, I like Downcast. It works. I can keep all the settings the same. You know, it it only took five minutes to go in and change all the settings, but I don't know. I just I thought, well, I'll just stick with what I got. Well, exactly. <laughs> and then again, you know, that goes back to the point. If it works for you, 
yeah. then, then don't change it. You know, if you've got something that's really working for you very well, then don't change it unless you think that you can um, get some, do something better or, or save a lot of time, which is why I'm an overcast listener is because to yeah. me, three and a half hours over the past three months, I feel like I'm like getting younger or something, <laughs> you know, it's, it's unbelievable how much time yeah. that is. And I mean, that's three and a half hours that I wasn't, that I could be doing something else. So to me, yeah. that, that means a lot, but, um, yeah. And, and I wanted to talk about some other things and, and stuff that you use, but man, we've got, uh, we've got enough material to go on here. So yeah. are there any, well, other Hey, I've things? got one more, I've got one more that I wanted to ask okay. you about okay. to find out if you had heard of it. And if so, if you have used it, I just came across this app yesterday. It's called Shoebox. It's for backing up your pictures. Have you heard of that app? No, but it sounds okay. intriguing. What, is, what does it do? Backing up your pictures? But what, It's what is it? solely for backing up pictures and videos on your mobile devices. and Well, and actually on your computer as well. And what grabbed my attention about this app, it's called Shoebox. You have unlimited space. And really? That to me, yes. When I saw that... I actually, you know how Facebook on your on your phone is now giving you where they have they're building in these apps for these ads. Um, I, I was swiping through them to see, all right, what what apps are they trying to sell me today, you know? And I was swiping through them and saw Shoebox Photo Backup, and I thought, hmm, I've been looking for a place to back up my photos. I have been using Box, uh, which is like Dropbox, but they give you a little bit more storage for free. And I was backing them up in Box. But you have to go in and individually select all the pictures that you want from your camera roll, uh-huh. camera roll to back up. And if you forget where you left off, you wind up keeping duplicates and all that. Well, Shoebox only does photo and video backup, and it will automatically check for new pictures that you have when you open the app so that you don't, you don't actually go in and check photos you want to back up. It just does them all for you. And That's if, really cool. Yeah, and if you've taken new pictures since the time you last backed them up, it's not going to grab the old photos. It's just going to grab the new ones. Now, keep in mind, as of this recording, I have only used it not even 24 hours. <laughs> I downloaded it yesterday. I put them in there last night. Uh, it took a little while. Um, I mean, it'll take you a while to back all your pictures up. I only had 260-something on my phone, and it, it took a while you know, to download them all. But you know, it may be something to check out. It's a free app, and they said unlimited storage. It didn't... Didn't, I, I read through the whole app in the App Store. It didn't say that it gives you any kind of limitations on how many you can upload in a day. It just advertised unlimited storage. Uh, and you can access your pictures on your computer as well, on your iPad, on your phone. It'll back them all up, even from your computer. Um, and you can access them on their website or on the, on the Mac app or on the iOS app. So far, it's worked well. We'll see how it goes. You know, hopefully they won't go out of business and delete all your photos that you backed up. That's really, yeah, and and yeah, and you should always, you know, uh, kind of a side note here. If you use something like this, and I and I do, I use a combination of Dropbox and Flickr, and because mm-hmm. Flickr gives you a lot of storage space as well, but they don't auto upload things for you. Actually, right. I'm I'm sorry, they do. I just don't want them to auto upload everything because I take okay. a bunch of nonsensical pictures. But anyway. Um, an app service like this you should not use by itself you should always right. have some type of physical backup of your of your device either on your computer or on an external hard drive or something like that but yeah that sounds very promising cuz photo management is an absolute disaster for pretty much everybody yes and and hopefully 
Apple will solve a few problems when they come out with a the they're supposed to be coming out this spring with a photos app, a new photos app for iOS and for the Mac. So maybe that will solve some problems, but I doubt it. So I think the solution is is many solutions in photo management and I think that using a service like Shoebox to be honest would be really great. So that sounds really great though. I'm going to download it. I'm surprised that I, I actually told you about an app. Normally, it's the other way around. Yeah, it's, I, I'm, I've been knee-deep in uh, Evangelism University kind of stuff oh, and, yeah. and doing all sorts of different things. So I have been very busy and I haven't been able to keep up with news, and especially since after the holidays, um, I haven't been able to keep up. But, yeah, thanks for, thanks for letting, letting us know about that. It's really cool. Hopefully, it won't, it, it'll be a good app. <laughs> Hopefully, they won't go out of business in two months and delete all our photos. Yeah, and then we'll all blame you for telling us <laughs> about right. it. And, and you, that's right. It's, it's because of Eric is because I don't have pictures of my three-year-old. So That's right. I'll just blame Facebook because I don't <laughs> have pictures of my children either. <laughs> so any other – do you have a personal site, a youth website, or a blog, or anything like that that you like to promote? I know the I Am A YM podcast is um, available at um, – adventuresinministry.com slash I'm a YM and you can go. Yeah, find I that. do have a blog, but I haven't blogged in a long time. Um, it's ericthegray.tumblr.com. You can check it out if you want to read some old blogs, but I, I do want to let your listeners know uh, that um, for the I'm a YM podcast, we're uh, changing some of our formats and trying to even shorten up our episodes a little bit. I know I kept you long today, so I do apologize about that. No, that's no we problem. We are trying to trying to keep our, our episodes down a little bit from our length that we've had and uh, bringing on some good guys we're going to be talking about um, for the new year, talking about changing churches. Uh, a lot of folks start at a new church around the first of the year, so we're going to be talking about that. Um, and we're going to have some guests on that, that be talking about some really cool stuff. We've actually got you coming on uh, pretty soon to looking, talk about technology. To yeah. yeah, technology and youth ministry. Uh, and so that'll take our episodes through the end of January. We record, uh, we release a podcast every other week uh, for that for that podcast. So check it out. Uh, you can find it at adventuresandministry.com uh, and also, you know, in the in the iTunes store as well. Yeah, and it's a really great show, and, and y'all just keep on doing what you're doing because I've gotten a lot of great ideas, a lot of good uh, advice, been inspired by some of the stuff you and your guests have said. It's really, really great show. So let's have a uh, prayer, Eric, and then we will be done with the show. Uh, I'm sure you've got to go. We've get we've been on uh, we've been talking here. It looks like for an hour and sixteen minutes. So, um, but we haven't been talking on the show. Hopefully for an hour and sixteen minutes, we'll be sure to uh, edit some parts out and different things like that. But let's have a uh, let's have a prayer, and then let's uh, end our podcast today. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you so much for uh, the changing of the seasons. And uh, Lord, please help us as we as it does get colder. And for a lot of the country, it gets a really cold to help those people uh, help us stay warm and stay safe. Lord, uh, I want to pray for those who are affected by uh, all this different weather as well, Lord. And we we pray so much for all the congregations that we and all the ministers and all the people that we're talking to on the, the podcast today. Help them to use the tools and use this knowledge and use the technology that we talk about on every show to uh, further your kingdom and to help not let that technology get in the way, but in fact, help us improve and send out your message even further, Lord. Thank you so much for Eric and his ministry. Please help him uh, flourish in what he's doing and help him to uh, make sure that he 
keeps perspective with his technology as well. And uh, we thank you so much for all the tools and the blessings that you've given us, and most of all for Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. And uh, show notes for this episode can be found at chatl.co slash mbits slash 030. You're on the 30th episode, Eric. How about that? That is awesome. And uh, Eric, so we're going to have show notes, uh, all the stuff, the I'm a YM podcast, adventures in ministry, all those different things. All the apps and services that we mentioned will have links in the show notes. So make sure you go find those and follow us on Twitter and Facebook and just uh, search ministry bits. And uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I enjoyed it, man. Thanks for having me. All right. And that is the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another one. So make sure you tune in every Monday or Tuesday. Make sure to refresh your podcatchers. Go out and have a blessed week. See you later.